as you are settling into the posture that is conducive for you for this meditation be clear and determined about the reason why you're going to meditate what meditation you're going to do and the object that you're seeking in this meditation and let this determination, this clarity inform the very posture itself so it becomes conducive to meditation so you don't need to consciously hold any part of the posture in place the legs are placed in such a way that they are comfortable there is stability your hands also are comfortable (coughs) stable and you're not holding them in place shoulders are even relaxed your back naturally straight comfortable stable head and neck centered you're not holding your head from falling forward nor backwards nor to the sides mouth, teeth, tongue resting in their natural places so the jaws are not too loose teeth not clenched tongue touching slightly the back part of the upper teeth eyes conducive for you being closed may be conducive for you being open may be conducive or half open may be what is conducive for you choose whichever and stay with it then gently without any intention to control the breath not even the intention to make the mind focus on the breath not even the intention to control distractions to chase them to fight them gently bring your what's not your worry that's not your concern if is the breath short or long that is not your concern is the mind sharply focused on the breath also that is not your concern just knowing you're breathing out when you're breathing out that you're breathing in when you're breathing in is sufficient that is your job keeping that awareness on the breath have a part of your body a part of your mind check the body making sure that it is conducive to meditation that you have comfort and stability and if not then make the necessary adjustments making sure that you are comfortable and that the body is stable where you leave it once you've made the necessary adjustments the body itself will inform you you will experience a sense of ease that is descending on the posture if it started from the very beginning the sense of ease could either be the same or a little different, a little deeper once you have this indication and there's also the body is somewhat conducive then go again, go back to the breath be aware of awareness itself following the breath knowing out breath when you're breathing out knowing in breath when you're breathing in and when it goes back again to out breath you know there is out breath the continuity of awareness from out breath to out breath have your intention to keep it unbroken while you follow 21 cycles of breath
sense of ease, your awareness of it is more pronounced than before. Let your mind now rest in that awareness. And from within that awareness, you will continue. So from within that sense of ease, bring your attention to the space in front of you. At about an arms and you rely on it, it will take you there infallibly. Who or what? will guide you there and feel the very presence of what is for you the means through which you will achieve your goal your guide the embodiment of the goal you seek appearing in a form made entirely of light a form taken specifically to encourage you to guide you to inspire you. And we find within you some measure of conviction that you are indeed in the presence of such a guide. Holding on to that measure of conviction in your mind, show your reverence, prostrate. your goal. So now entrust yourself. Take refuge. Have faith in your ability and your potential to achieve your goal. sense of gratitude for finally the means to help you achieve your goal is present to demonstrate this gratitude make an offering make offerings think things that makes you happy that you own that are unowned that exist in your imagination committed under their influence out of this intelligent regret that comes again turn your mind to the teacher and the three jewels entrust yourself take refuge seeking protection guidance strength your capacity, make a promise to restrain, thinking of a definite period of time, from a few moments to a day, a week, whatever is your capacity to restrain. Then think of something to do that by 
doing it, we will cancel out the effect of the potentials done through the influence of your weakness. a great joy in goodness in the ripening of merits and the and others your heart embrace all beings, look at their conditions, let compassion and love swell within you for them, holding them in this embrace, again look at the teacher, feeling connected to all the nine beings, ask them to please teach Teach beings how to truly end their pain, how to find true happiness, and ask these enlightened beings to please stay, take up the merit you gained so far through these preliminaries, and dedicate their potential, their power, positive energy to help you succeed in this meditation. teacher to come to the front of your head and feel that bright presence above your head facing the same direction as you are while feeling the light rays coming from the teacher bathing you cleansing you filling you with realizations make strong wishes to be free of your obstacles to gain the realizations you seek. Again, find that measure of conviction, this time thinking that the very embodiment of what you are aspiring to achieve is right above your head. It is in that very sensation you're feeling above your head.
of your strong aspiration to be inseparable, that form dissolves into a point of light. See and feel it descend until it merges with your mind at your heart center. And for as long as you can, hold on to the affirmation that you have become inseparable. Slowly bring your attention to your breath. Staying aware of the breath, also become aware of the body. So we're doing a meditation on the uh, wisdom meditation. So so far, although we've been talk, we've been doing wisdom meditation for I don't know how long now. Uh, well, more than a few <laughs> weeks. Uh, we slowly sort of develop, sort of uh, get to really know, okay, what is, when you're doing wisdom meditation, what is it that is going on when, for that 45 minutes or that time frame that you set? What is going on? And even though we've been uh, doing this for, uh, I don't know, for a few months now, that, that, process doesn't ch- uh, that process doesn't change. It's not that we are, every time you come here, you're introduced into a new into, oh, is this, this is a new wisdom for you to try out. And this is a new way of finding out this wisdom. It's the same method. It's the same wisdom that, that you're, you're looking. You're 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 doing meditation. You you're seeking to find. Uh, so for the for what I've what I've been talking a lot about these past months also is more in the sense of getting rid of our mis- misconceptions about what this wisdom is supposed to be. And that is one of the obstacles of getting to wisdom. From the very beginning, you're supposed to always have it whenever you sit down. Even the whatever understanding you had before, you're supposed to be open-minded enough that to, to, be, to think that maybe this time, while you're sitting down, med- med- while you're doing the meditation this time, that might be disproved also. Even though it seems to be like the most wonderful revelation that, that you ever had. And it seems to be so close, it seems to be the wisdom. So when you sit down and meditate, and you're about to do a wisdom meditation again, have that open-mindedness that maybe this time, you may, be, uh, you may, this be have, a revel- you may have a revelation that completely dis- uh, disproves the previous revelation. And don't, and don't uh, think that it, you know, uh, you're doing something wrong. Don't think that... Uh, 
the new revelation that you have some somehow made the previous uh, the work that you did to have the previous revelation was all for nothing. All this is progress. Okay. Um, so we are now trying to uh, we are we are somewhat talking about uh, the, those sophisticated uh, meditations that you're supposed to find their their true nature. The the, the not really the meditation that's sophisticated. But the object that we are analyzing is so, so it's supposed to be sophisticated that it's sort of difficult, sort of, uh, to see their true nature. Okay, to end up with wisdom also with them. Right? And in doing that, then we are trying. Uh, no, the mind is cured by ignorance. What do they see? And in trying to figure this out, then we come up with our speculations. And some speculations say that Buddhas don't see anything <coughs> because seeing something is a, is an act is a function <coughs> of ignorance. But the Buddhas don't see anything. Then you then then if that is the truth, then you have to ask. And 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 the reason for co- coming to this conclusion is not just because you know you're coming out of nowhere and then you heard emptiness and you say, oh, the Buddhas don't see anything. It comes it comes out of you know, studying and then contemplating. <coughs> okay, especially. <coughs> when you understand that uh, for the most part everything that, 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 has, that has appeared that is appearing to us to a normal human being is being conjured by ignorance so since ignorance is so such a powerful thing <laughs> it seems to be creating this, this incredible uh, 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 manifestation called the universe so once you are no longer under the, under the influence of ignorance, the universe disappears. You don't see anything anymore. Because seeing what, what makes uh, the, the, the very act of seeing is a function or result of ignorance. It seems. Okay? So in our speculation, the Buddhas don't see anything. In that kind of a speculation. Okay? Then you have, which is kind of like He's no longer a Buddha. He's relying on somebody who's stupid to know that there is somebody stupid there. <laughs> so, in order for the Buddha to see an, a being, in order for God to help them, the Buddha needs the ignorant being to feed them information. Or, oh, by the way, Buddha, since you can't see anything, I have to tell you there's there's a being here. Now, how does the Buddha trust the ignorant being? <laughs> and that comes into the authority of <coughs> what is valid, what is invalid, and that's another category we'll get to somehow. Okay. So, and also some say that uh, if you are somewhat into the, the uh, pinching towards uh, becoming a, a, a a mind-only uh, person, then you think, well, since what we call objective reality is experienced differently by different beings, then there must be no objective reality per se. So everything must be in your mind. It's just that your mind creating these things, right? And when you when you when you get to that. Conclusion. Then you and you are trying to take a what, what what Buddha see. Or Buddha, in order for the Buddha to see appearances, the Buddha needs a mind, other than its his own mind. Then you have to say. Then if what the being is seeing is, if that is true, that is that is, the appearance of the universe, is manifesting because of the function of ignorance, and the Buddha is completely free of all ignorances but somehow is able to see other beings' minds. If the Buddha doesn't have ignorance in his mind, how can he see the universe that is is a product of ignorance that is coming out of the ignorant person's mind? Mm -hmm. So if either you say the Buddha doesn't see anything (coughs) and then stick with it (laughs) and don't go anywhere, if you try to explain how the Buddha functions as a Buddha, then just keep saying he doesn't see anything. <laughs> <laughs> 
and you're somewhat safe. But when you go into trying to explain it, then you don't make sense. Then, if you say the Buddha sees something, then you have to explain, okay, what does the Buddha see? If he sees what you see, then somewhat, if what you see is coming from another ignorance, then the Buddha must have some kind of ignorance in his mind in order to see what you're seeing, because what you're seeing is coming from ignorance. <laughs> 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 then we create this other world. There's this other world that is not born from ignorance, <laughs> that is like some other. No, a real other, completely other. <laughs> and that's where the Buddhas live. They live in other. Okay. Then you have to ask yourself, then how does other interact with this? Okay, come out of your meditation, or you, you had some sort of realization about something. And the next time you sit, and that's where the open-mindedness co- comes in, you might be proven wrong. You might be proven women. The Buddhas see everything. Okay. Now, Concerning what the Buddha is, concerning the Buddha sees seeing everything. Okay. Then, if the Buddha is among the things, right? If you take take everything, <laughs> with within the package of everything, there, there must be things which are ignorant things, right? So the Buddha sees ignorance also, mm-hmm. and he sees things that are produced by ignorance, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Does the Buddha have ignorance in his mind? Mm-hmm. How can he see things that are produced by ignorance? Noble thing. Hmm? Noble thing. Noble thing. Noble thing. Noble thing. Well, if, he, if he didn't, would he be ignorant of ignorance? Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> 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 now, the Buddha sees nothing. Would would, would sort of like uh, promote that idea? The Buddha is ignorant of ignorance. So, then, all this, while you're, while you're doing this meditation, it seems like the Buddha sees nothing. Wait a minute. That seems to be right, but it, it also seems that the Buddhas must see everything because we call them omniscient beings. Maybe we make a mistake. Maybe when you become a Buddha, you're not omniscient. You just disappear. <laughs> <laughs> you have no problems, but you don't have nothing else. Any, any, you have nothing else. Okay, you have no problems that says that you just go out of existence. Maybe that's what it is all about. You're working hard, so you will cease to exist. Okay. It, and why can't you just stop doing everything and then you cease to exist? Why must you work <laughs> to, to cease to exist? What is it? Does it make sense? It's not fair. <laughs> <laughs> The, the, the main point of, of Madhyamika is staying in the middle. Okay? Not going too far this way, not going too far that way. And then, since that is being picked up by human ears, human minds, they, they have to interpret it. Okay, okay, middle between what? Then, and uh, you have the extreme of what, what is called nihil, uh, nihilism and the extreme of existence. Is that the Madhyamika? Is that, is that the Madhyamika uh, uh, point? You're hesitating. You've been listening. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, that's one, sh- that's one school that says that. Okay? Well, that's what the Madhyamika is st- asking you to stay in between. The extreme of ni- uh, nihilism and the ex- the extreme of existence. Madhyamika is saying, when Madhyamika says, say, in between, he said that you have to, listen to this now, being in the middle of existing and not existing means that there are things that neither exist nor not exist. Is that being in the middle? Yes. That's being in the middle? No. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> it would seem to be that way, right? Yeah. But being in the middle of existing and not existing somehow tells you that like, there is something that exists 
and at the same time not exist. It seems to be that way also. The awareness of both worlds. The awareness of what doesn't exist and the awareness <coughs> of what exists. Awareness of direct pain and illusion. Or you, now you're talking about another middle, <laughs> another extreme. <laughs> okay. And, and why are we lost with those things? We, what is it that we've done? Elaborate. Yeah, we've got, we've lost in the we are lost because we've gone too far with elaboration. What brought us to this universal elaboration <coughs> in the first place? What were we What were we trying to get to? Why? Freedom. From. Ignorance. Elaboration. <laughs> <laughs> Why does my back hurt? Why must I sleep? And when I don't sleep, I get cranky. <laughs> I'm trying to answer the I'm trying to find the answer to these questions. And somehow these Buddhist people throw this emptiness stuff in my face. Because they're saying this is this is this will answer your question. And that's why I picked it up in the first place. I want to answer something that is fundamental to what I'm experiencing. And when you end up trying to figure out what is emptiness and you end up with some, some, some abstract world, universe, thinking about, well, existence, not existence, there's something that exists but it doesn't exist. So my pain exists and my pain doesn't exist. Or my pain exists. No, my pain doesn't exist. My pain both exists and doesn't exist. My pain is something that is beyond existing and not existing. <coughs> And what is the common thing between all those things I'm saying? Pain. My pain. <laughs> okay. If hearing the words of your pain is a phenomena that neither exists nor not exists. If hearing those would free me of my pain, then I will play that record you know, every day. I'll record myself saying it and then put it on loop. <laughs> if it's my voice that it, 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 oh okay. if that is if that, if, if that is the answer to my quest, the, the, fundamental, re, the funda, fundamental reason for my quest. I'm existing. There are things about my existence that are not satisfactory. <laughs> and it, they are annoying me that they are not satisfactory. And I can't seem to get rid of this annoyance. I want freedom from this annoyance. Okay? And that's why I'm doing this thing called wisdom meditation. If, I'm, if my pain continues, my annoyance continues, either you know, they go up and down, sometimes they go up. No, they, they, they get more up than down. Then I keep uh, you know, going to the Buddhas, they don't see existence because existence is a product of ignorance. Then, if, if doing all this stuff, what is this doing for my pain? <coughs> okay. So, it's my pain. What about my pain? What is the nature of my pain? How do I deal with it so I don't have it anymore? Or, if I'm supposed to have it, let me find out the truth so I can not be annoyed with it. Okay. So when you lose the, f the fundamental reason why you're doing all this, then you get lost in this uh, elaborate world of speculation. And you, get to, and you, you, may, you may be, you know, be so rations that you write tons of books. But at the end, you're still somebody with pain. And you haven't helped anybody with their pain. <laughs> okay. So, be careful. <laughs> this is not just some uh, exotic uh, trip that you're doing, where you're doing wisdom meditation. It must, it is, it is dealing with your very experience. 
For how long? Um, Forever? As long as I sit, yeah. Yeah, that's true. Nature. Yeah. Like anytime you feel the pain, like. So how long do I say? Must I? So for the rest of my existence, I must stay seated. I would, no, I, I would hope for the rest of my existence. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it helps. It, it, that's a definite uh, uh, technique for relieving pain for 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 a while. I'm not talking about relieving pain for a while. I'm talking about relieving pain forever. To continue to exist in such a way where there's not even the possibility of experiencing pain ever again. That's what we are seeking. So on all levels. Yeah, on all levels, not just for temporary, because for temporary there are so many things that we can take, do, imagine even. Okay. So purpose, merit, benefit. On, ben, uh, on thinking about what do Buddhas see? Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> Eventually there is. But when, 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 when the Buddha is something completely way out there and then you, you, you're throwing your speculation about that and join to beautiful conclusions and feeling good, oh yeah, I know what Buddhas see. Okay, and you completely f- neglecting the f- the purpose of going to see, find out what Buddha see in the first place, <coughs> then it's of no use. But when you're when you have uh, when you oh, when you're dealing with the fundamental reason, and the meditation on wisdom is actually helping you, then there comes a time because of the subtle uh, workings of the mind, because of the subtle grasping to things, then you will need to get, then there will become a need, a purpose, a benefit for, for speculating what Buddha see. Okay? Because your mind may be grasping at what the Buddha see as having inherent existence. You understand that? Some, some, sometime uh, when we think of inherent existence we think bad, awful, evil and we equate that with samsara and when we think of the opposite of that we think oh that's nirvana the Buddhas don't dwell in inherent existence they dwell in nirvana and we make nirvana without trying to, without, <laughs> without trying to into something that inherently exists Nirvana does not inherently exist. Samsara does not inherently exist. Okay. And do you understand the implication of that? When you when you gra- when you really well when you have some understanding that the world that you are experiencing it's not that what is wrong with your world is that your world inherently exists that's not what's wrong with your world okay. the world does not inherently exist so it's not a it's not a fault of the world that it exists inherently. It doesn't exist inherently. Okay. So you're not trying to remove that from the world. The world never had it. It doesn't have it now while your reason the world exists is precisely because it doesn't exist inherently. And the reason that there is nirvana that you can uh, achieve, there's Buddha that you can achieve, is because it doesn't exist inherently. And that also should give you uh, an idea as to what exists and what doesn't exist. Okay. It's not 
you take existence and you split it into two and these are the two extremes okay you take what you experience which is tainted with ignorance and then that's where the middle has to be well there's some validity to what you're seeing the reason that it's appearing is because of these conditions and conditions but what you think about it that doesn't exist anywhere or what you conclude about its nature doesn't exist anywhere with, with, of course with ignorance Are you lost? <laughs> Somewhat? Keep going. <laughs> okay. And again, I have to go back into what this has to do with the meditation, what this has to do with, my, with, with the, with the uh, pain in my knee right now from, from, because I'm, I've, I've sat for more than 15 minutes. <laughs> okay. Actually, could you go back just a, a little bit? A little bit. Uh, when you were speaking out, maybe I drifted. Inherent existence, huh? Uh, but what would you call the opposite, so to speak, in uh, our lockdown mode of inherent existence? And because it's not empty. Inherent existence and not inherent existence. Is that fair? And where where does emptiness fit into that? Oh, we're not sure. Could you say inherent existence and lack, lacking inherent existence? I think that's what we're saying. Inherent existence, lacking inherent existence. Well, instead of not, not inherent existence sounds a little okay. funky to me. But mm. well, now okay. we've Lack elaborated on yeah. what lacking it is. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Lacking inherent existence. Okay. Now, actually, does that make it clear where emptiness fits? Well, emptiness is everywhere. It fits the non No, the with those two. Lacking inherent Oh, wait a minute. Yeah. Inherent existence is empty. Uh-uh. Of course it is. No. <laughs> and, no I, I, I think I know what you're thinking. You're thinking that... The positive of anything... Empty, empty of that. You're thinking of empty of that. But the reason that uh, the others, when they, when they heard you, it sounded like you're talking about something that doesn't exist and, you, and you're describing its quality. Because remember, inherent existence doesn't exist at all. So it has no quality whatsoever. It has to be of the quality. It's not the quality, it has to be of uh-huh. that which has its quality. That thing which is inherently existent, it is empty of what? That thing which posits its inherent existence? No, no, no. We're, not, we're, not, we're not talking about that thing that posits. We're talking about that thing itself that is being posited. Thank you. In which is inherent existence. Yes. What is it empty of? It's empty of a true nature. It's empty of a true nature? Watch one way I would put it. Inherent existence is empty of a true nature. What exists? Is that empty of a true nature? Chair is that empty of in a true nature? If by true mi- nature you mean inherent existence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Then you're saying then you're saying inherent existence lacks inherent existence. Inherent existence lacks inherent existence. No. No. It's a concept. It can't. Yeah. I can say anything. It's right. just a concept. Emptiness pertains to an actual thing that's positive. Well, actually, right. it, that isn't that isn't wrong. It isn't wrong. That yeah. inherent <laughs> existence. That isn't wrong. What he said. Inherent existence lacks inherent existence. Yeah, for, I guess for the sake of philosophy, it isn't wrong. It isn't wrong. What is it in the first place? It's a false statement. It's not being a particular thing so that you could say it's empty. Mm. Yeah. 
It's a concept. It's, what okay. think it is. it's an idea of something that's independent <laughs> of other things. Right. Okay. Okay. Now that we... A thing that can exist by being independent of other objects. A thing that can exist by being independent of being other objects? Uh, by being interconnected, interdependent. By being... It does not rely upon others or other things uh-huh. to exist. Oh, oh yeah, you're, you're defining uh, yeah, an I'm existence. Yeah, uh-huh. I'm talking about something that was at least... But it does talk of Samsara and um, Nirvana, I mean, that's a concept per se that either Buddha or we are imagining, so it's still like interconnected, like with our mind, those states. Those states, yeah. Or, or those um, worlds. Right. So I let this go on for a little while. Until we exhaust For the precise reason of, to, so I can ask you, how much did that get rid of my pain? <laughs> Just knowing that there are other people wanting to get to the truth, I think takes away a lot from the pain. And in that moment, yeah. 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 But the thing is, your existence doesn't begin and end at <laughs> that moment. Yeah. So, what you witness, your mind will be doing when you, you do your meditation by yourself. And keep taking it back. Bring it back. Okay, this is where my mind is taking me now. How is this <laughs> fundamental to the question that started me this in the, in the, in the beginning? You have to go back to that. Okay. And even though it seems to be an intellectual thing that you're doing, you're, you're thinking about, you're analyzing, you're, you're uh, reasoning, it, it, it's not something that it should be completely divorced from your emotions, what you feel. Okay. Don't think that, the, uh, for those who are intellectual, don't think that the, uh, your emotions have no, no role in this whatsoever, that it shouldn't have any role in this whatsoever. And, and the same thing for those who, are, who, are, who prefer to be feeling things, don't think that it, the intellect should have no role in this whatsoever. And then we might find ourselves into other kinds of extremes. The extreme of being completely anti-intellect or completely uh, anti-emotion. Okay. Because this is your being. You know, this, all this is your being. Okay. It must all be in, involved in the process. Okay. Um, a different process of getting to wisdom. Still the same thing. There's the feeling and the conviction of existence of some or what you're analyzing to have that to have that. And you don't have to examine. You don't have to bring forth how you how you. Uh, uh, how you hold on to it, to what it existence is supposed to be. It's, it's there with you already. Okay. Just go with that. And then do your analysis. What is your analysis? Seeking to prove what is in front of you is. That, that's, that's the process. And then you will end up with your, with your, your, your conclusion will be your wisdom. Okay. Um, Say that again, I'm sorry. Please. So, when you're doing a meditation yes. on wisdom, the very first thing is you have to get into a, a let's say your, uh, the object of your analysis is the person whose name Joe, me. Okay? You have to get that sense truly alive. It must be present in your mind. And the sense of its existence must be very present, must be very palpable. And, and then now the analysis part of the meditation is proving the existence of it. Okay. Proving the way you're feeling, the, the, the way the existence abstracts some beautiful abstract object like what do Buddhas see? Okay. The things that Buddhas see, so to speak. Okay. I didn't uh, bash the... Uh <laughs> There were a lot of ideas about what Buddha see that I love to bash, but... <laughs> <laughs>
I will save that, save some for later. <laughs> okay, so let's get into meditation. Quickly check the legs to make sure that they are comfortable and conducive to meditation. The hands, elbows and shoulders, your back, head and neck. Mouth, teeth, tongue, eyes. Have a vivid memory of the sense of ease you felt before the break. Let it be so vivid that it infuses the while you observe five cycles of breath. So I'm going to warn you, it's going to be fast. So let your attention be wide open so you can catch. Give your mind a sense of freedom by letting it wander freely within this room. Feel the sense of freedom. So whatever is happening here, it's okay to be aware of it. And feel that sense of comfort of being let free. So this sense of comfort that you have, it is also brought to you by, by what is absent in this room. So you're going to try to feel that same sense of comfort while thinking of the absence. So this room is empty of traffic. As soon as you sit, see and feel that same level of comfort or deeper sense of that in that very absence and try to stay there. And stabilize yourself in that sense of comfort. And feel the sense of somewhat eagerness of the mind to continue to deepen this sense of comfort. Since it was brought to you by focusing on absence, so choose an object that has more absences. The floor. Not only is it absent of outside, Feel that sense of comfort in the absence. There's also absence of the walls, ceiling, and so forth. You're looking for the sense of comfort. space in front of you.
same with just awareness itself. Same with nothing, no thing. Let the mind rest. From within this sense of ease, this sense of profound sense of comfort, bring up the vivid sense of existence of me or chair. Improve, seek to prove that existence the way it is appearing. where the ex existence is being grasped. serenity and let again your heart embrace all beings and make strong wishes that they be free of whatever problems they are experiencing that they find happiness that this very serenity you are experiencing may become that for them
dedicate the merit of this meditation to the achievement of your ultimate goal. attention back to the breath, awareness back to the body, starting with the top of the head, and keep going until you reach your toes.